The brothers and sisters in Christ, may the Lord give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Before I forget, I want to say a word of thanks to Timmy Smith for jumping in. We didn't have anybody to run the tech this morning for whatever reason. And without any training whatsoever, he jumped in. So within five minutes, we got him up to snuff. So thank you, Timmy. April 3rd, 1860. Does anyone know, and you can't answer, Deacon, because you heard the version of the homily already. Anyone know why April 3rd, 1860 is an important day in American human history? I'll give you a clue. Cutting-edge technology came onto the world scene that day. Any idea what it was? The Pony Express. Imagine that. In its own day and age, it was cutting-edge technology. You see, it was right on the cusp, the onset of the Civil War. And it was very important for people to be able to communicate back and forth across the whole country. And so they had to come up with a means and a method of getting messages across relatively quickly. So three men, a guy whose last name was Russell, a guy whose last name was Majors, and another guy whose last name was Waddell. I just turned 53, so my brain is slowed down. Waddell. So these three men, they come up with this plan. They set up 100 different outposts. They get about four to 500 ponies, and they get 80 carriers. And they were able to launch this initiative called the Pony Express on April the 3rd in the year of our Lord, 1860. And their first trip from west to east took just under 10 days, nine and a half days. And the trip on the opposite way took just over 10 days, just under 11 days. I guess because the hills, it was a little bit different in traveling. But they recognized the importance of getting a message from point A to point B. In fact, it was not a very safe job to have. It was a very well-paid job for those days, $150 a month, which was top dollar back in those days. But they had to actually be armed with two pistols and a knife because they could have been attacked by either the Native Americans, which in some cases were antagonistic to us Anglos, or they had bandits, just people who were intent on stealing and taking whatever they could take. So the whole initiative of the Pony Express, although it's very famous, very legendary, it actually only lasted for about 19 months. It came to an end on October the 24th, 1861, with the exception of the operated in California for a little longer into the Civil War. But that was because of the onset of another breaking technology, the telegram. So it became obsolete about a year and a half after it became cutting edge. So goes technology. But the point of it is that the importance of conveying a message was recognized, and it certainly is something that we know about in our own day and age. In fact, we have the opposite problem. We have too many means of communication, you might say, too many messages bombarding us, washing over us all the time. So whereas it took nine and a half days to get a message from California to New York, we can in scarcely nine and a half seconds get a message from here to China. 
by a text message or WhatsApp or email. We have so many means of communication and we're filled with too much information, too many messages all at one time. So we can drive down the road and we get flashing billboards, other kinds of billboards, commercials on the television. Too much information, as they say, TMI, way too much. And tell me if you've ever done this. You get emails or text messages and you recognize it's kind of what we might call spam or junk mail or something that you just recognize what it is. And you say, oh, I don't need that one. I don't need that one. I don't need that one. You don't even pay it any attention. You delete it before it's even read, right? And so we kind of go against what St. Peter is warning us against in the second reading today, ignoring the message. Of course, the message this week is the message of repentance. But it's interesting if we think about how God chose to convey the message. It wasn't by pony express, it wasn't by telegraph, it wasn't by email or text message or phone message or billboard. He chose a man dressed in camel cloth and leather belts, eating honey and locusts. Did you ever eat locusts? Doesn't sound very appetizing. And standing out in the middle of the desert. Imagine this. In the middle of the desert, if you were going to convey a message, would you get somebody to stand in the middle of the desert and to yell at the top of their lungs, Repent! For the forgiveness of sins! Who's going to listen to it? It doesn't make much sense. But if you were a traveler on the road leading to Jerusalem or to Galilee or to wherever, and you looked out, and you saw this man yelling at the top of his lungs, dressed in camel cloth and leather, eating locusts and honey, yelling, Forget, repent for the forgiveness of sins. You'd say, that guy's kind of crazy. But I guarantee you, when you got to town, you'd tell you, your buddies, guess what I saw out in the desert? Some crazy guy out there yelling for me to repent and to be forgiven. And then they would go down the road and they would see it and eventually... They would hear it, and eventually a following would happen, and that thing that started out in the middle of the desert would be brought to the running waters of the Jordan, and people would begin to repent for the forgiveness of sins. I would have done it completely differently. <laughs> I'm sure you might have too. But that's what God did. He wanted the message to be so stark that it couldn't go but being noticed even in the desert. That's what God chose to do. So the message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins must have been very important to God that he chose such a crazy method to get it across to us. And it's documented and passed down for 2,000 years. So from a man yelling in the desert to no one, it's come down to billions and billions of people 2,000 years later. Amazing, isn't it? Without telegraph, without Pony Express, without email. An important message. And again, St. Peter warns us not to let this message go ignored. Don't just delete it. Pay attention to it. Because it's the repentance for the forgiveness of sins in our lives that prepares the way for Jesus Christ to come into our lives in new and powerful ways. So what does it mean to repent? It means to turn away from whatever leads us away from God. Whatever takes us in the opposite direction from God. That could be getting absorbed in too much social media or emails or TV or 
things of this world. Many things. Some of them not particularly sinful in and of themselves, but some of them may be sinful. All of us are invited this week in these words, repent for the forgiveness of sins, to examine our own lives, to examine our own hearts. What in my life today tends to push me or compel me away from God? Where do I need to repent? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's probably not a person here, myself at the top of the list, who doesn't have something that needs to be repented from so that we could grow closer to God. That's what we're invited to do and to anticipate the greatness of the coming of our Lord in a new and an exciting way as he's born again at Christmas, right? So what can we do on the practical level? Well, since the pandemic hit back in March, we've not had regular confessions. So I thought it was important that this week we would have confessions, Monday through Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. here in our church. I'll be situated in the St. Lucie's Chapel with a screen and a chair to be socially distanced, and Deacon Joe will be here to direct traffic so that people don't step on each other, that nobody can overhear anybody. We'll have some nice Advent music playing in the church. Maybe we'll even have the Blessed Sacrament exposed. I don't know, I hadn't thought about it far ahead. But we'll have an opportunity to reflect on where we need to repent and an opportunity to do so, and we have the grace of God to help us to prepare the way for the Lord to come again in our own lives this Christmas. Amen.